Wrestling. My name is Andrea Afuakwamia. Welcome to The Only Black Girl on Mars, a podcast where we shine a spotlight on strong black women who are shaping the world through their diverse strengths, paired with their unique perspectives and experiences. Hello, welcome back to The Only Black Girl on Mars. My name is Andrea Afuakwamia, and I am your absentee host who has I promise I have been thinking about you all. Life has been moving really quickly and there has been a lot of stuff happening. Um, So I wanted to introduce these community updates so then I can make sure that I'm keeping you abreast of what's happening um, and really include you in the, in the, and just really include you in the process um, because I do have people supporting me in this podcast and I'd love for more people to understand how serious I am about this and what plans I have for it. Um, Unfortunately, the difficult thing is making money while also creating and producing a podcast. Um, And at some point I'll have to scale and and, um, either have people assisting me or partnering with me but it takes time and it's sort of figuring out where to put your energies so for me i do believe in full honesty and transparency and i i hope to be genuine and so the first thing i'll say is that i honestly think i could have done a better job at balancing a lot of this out but that said Um, Pod fade is real. (laughs) If any of you are podcasters or um, other aspiring podcasters, it happens very often in the early stages where you just do too much too quickly um, without a plan. You get excited. And I think that's what happened to me. So the first thing I'll address that also had sort of held me back was. um, So let's start over. What are we going to be talking about today? So the first thing we're going to be talking about is the missing podcast episode. This was like one of my holy grails, a podcast episode that I was very proud of, that I took a lot of mental and emotional energy to conduct with a close friend of mine. And um, so I'll be addressing that first. Then I want to loop you in on what life has been like growing a business. And the third thing that I'm going to touch upon very briefly are narcissists, because that's been a common theme in um, the world today, especially with the Married at First Sight episodes with um, Chris and Paige and some experiences in my personal life. And lastly, I'm going to talk about um, just the growth of my friendships in my new town. And um, really, some of them are old friendships, but the evolution of how we see ourselves as we get into our 30s and as we continue to age out of the awkward years Um, while still navigating a lot of the same things, but through a different crystallized perspective. Um, So yeah, so that's the structure 
of what I'm going to be talking about today. So before I continue on, please be sure to like and subscribe. Um, follow my pages um, on Instagram. And if you do enjoy listening to my talks, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be through this podcast, please, um, please follow me on Patreon and consider subscribing. It really does help me. It will help me get closer to having a coordinator will help me get closer to being able to um, outsource these to get edited um, and then get more conversations to you faster. And that's really my goal. And that's the most exciting part about actually creating the podcast is publishing it. So first off, I'm going to address the missing podcast episode. So I interviewed my friend Sarah Gardner, formerly Sarah Mosky. We ran track and field together and we had an amazing conversation on the topic of miscarriages. And she shared her experience of personally ex experiencing multiple miscarriages and her struggle with getting pregnant. And it was honestly such a beautiful conversation. It was really raw and really open. And then, of course, thinking that I want to up my game, I get an iMac and I transfer everything over from my PC to my iMac and the files go missing. But only files from July and August. So now you guys understand how far back I'm, I'm, I'm showing my ass because this is how far back things have been held up in the past few months. Um, so this was recorded um, late August leading into early September. And I had a move to a new state. And so that delayed it. And then by the time I started to edit it and transferred stuff, it went missing. Now, this is something that I want to be very open about and talk about is this idea of perfectionism when you're a creator and when you're developing a new idea or content. And in my mind, I had this idea that I had this guest, I have to honor them. This was going to be the order that I published the, the audio. I interviewed her first. I have audio from someone I interviewed after, but I need to find this video. And I just put myself in this tailspin, looking for it, looking for this file for months, finally finding the file source name. Um, and then I finally, finally came to the realization very recently, not even, not even a long time ago, but very recently as I went through another week of, you know, trying to look in every cloud that I had, um, to realize that it was gone and that it was just that it was a beautiful conversation that I had with my friend. 
that I do believe would have really helped listeners. I have no doubt about that. But I'm resigned to consider that maybe, I don't know, I, I go back and forth about saying whether or not things happen for a reason. For the most part, I do tell myself that, but I don't want it to be an excuse. I don't want it to be an excuse. So if anything, if this particular video was not meant to be published right now, I really still want to get an interview on this topic. I think that issues with pregnancies and um, individuals trying to get pregnant, miscarriages and other means of having to go through, um, you know, IVF and what the process is like. We went in depth about everything and I think it's very important that I, I find a way to have that conversation again. So that is a goal <laughs> and I really, I'm very sad and I apologize that I cannot share that original audio with you. But if you know anyone that would be interested in continuing this conversation, please let me know and I'll be happy to connect with them. Now, on top of that, I really have just been trying to figure out what is Black Girl on Mars Consulting really geared towards. Now, as you know, I have a background in strategy and marketing and audience analytics, um, not from a numerical perspective, but from a qualitative perspective. And I can do all those things. And I, while I'm doing them, you know, I'm in a flow. I, I can't say that it's the thing that I love, but I definitely find myself in a flow. And there's an appreciation and um, and a feeling of doing something well is enjoyable. I'll put it that way. I think that I really have begun to love is coaching and connecting with people to really help them understand where they where they can put their best foot forward, how they can position themselves in a market that, you know, when we're talking about people of color is often marked against them off the jump, off the bat. Now, I say this knowing that, as I mentioned in the beginning, Money is important, but at the same time, if you don't figure out your niche, if you don't really sort of drill down to see where are you actually going to provide value, then it will be very hard to make consistent, lucrative income. Um, so I this I'm saying this all very ironically because this is what I'm helping other people with, but I'm also figuring it out myself. Now, 
I'm doing a trade with with my friend and um and he has um I'm doing a trade with my friend who is trained in coaching and my experience with it has been very interesting I think executive coaching has such a benefit and everyone has their different styles um and when I first started working with him my idea was that you know we're going to go through my schedule we're going to make checklists I'm going to figure out how to be efficient and um learn how to get 100 things done in one day um and I do still think I need a coach like that I honestly do because the more clients I get the less mental space I have to be dealing with emails and reminders and notes and meetings and then doing the work it's almost impossible and they and you see this a lot of warning young entrepreneurs and small business owners to do everything themselves and if you're someone like me I don't often know how to let go of work. I do feel confident in my ability to delegate, but do I choose to delegate? Often, no. And that's, it often just comes down to um, knowing your own personal system. And when you delegate, you, you, you do need a system. You do need to be able to um, have mapped out what know exactly what you need before you're going to ask for it you need to know exactly what your goals are you need to know what you're going for what tasks you need to be completed and you need to make sure that you have a system so that whoever's supporting you um, isn't left confused isn't left sort of running around your tail as well and so that's the first thing sort of getting your house in order and when you do things on your own you kind of get away with being able to, I would say, just have things in, you know, the Amelia Bedelia system. I'm, I'm really aging myself because if any of you know who Amelia Bedelia is, it's a, an old children's book about a woman who took everything very literally and she had a lot of odd systems around the house. She actually would hang up string peas and do things like that. But it made sense to her. She just thought that that's how things were supposed to be. And so that's kind of where where I say, if you have an Amelia Bedelia system where you're in the privacy of your own home, it only makes sense to you. That is great until you need to scale. You need to be able to have a system that someone else can understand too when you seek assistance. And that's sort of where I am right now. Like I need to be able to um, to hire someone to support me because I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of um, really great projects that are within reach that the only fear that I would have is um, the sustainability of the scale. Now, in regards to that, I 
just want to say the most positive thing that I have felt about um, running my own company where I am the only employee is just the the feeling that I had working at really large corporations for so many years was a pressure that I didn't even realize was so ingrained in me. And I'm still learning how to slough it off, to be honest. Um, but especially as a black woman, this pressure of never being incorrect, of always being early, of staying late, um, yet still it never being enough. Uh, if I, I think if I went back in time, I wonder if doing less of that would have been in my favor, to be honest. But societally, there is a really, really strong pressure to show up that way. And now that I work for myself, you know, I'm, I'm putting a similar pressure on myself, but it's not the same, obviously. <laughs> I'm, not, um, I'm not worried about yelling at myself if I show up late to the living room, so to speak. But it's more like if I wake up, if, if I'm able to get up early, let's say that early is before seven, then I know that the benefits for me will be greater. And that's the mental framework that I'm using when I make those decisions. Um, but before it was like, um, I was given three tasks by three different bosses. I have to make sure I get to the office before 7 a.m. to make sure that I can proofread X, Y, and Z document because I do written work better in the morning and I can't focus as much in the evening. Whereas here, there's not so much um, cortisol running through my body. So if I choose to do a little bit of reading in the morning, if I choose to work on a document um, at night, I feel like I can workshop it and, and test which hours of the day work for which things, whereas before, you know, it was really just crazy deadlines. Now I will have crazy deadlines depending on the project and the client, but it's really up to me to manage that. Again, it goes back to what I was talking about with systems. And, um, and yeah, anyway, let me not bore you too much with systems and uh and the beginnings of entrepreneurship but i really do want to be able to talk about those things if there are um if anyone is considering starting their own business and if you want to know more about what tools i'm using or even just different tools for productivity regardless of if you are staying in corporate or if it's for a side project, let me know and I'd be glad to talk to you individually or to um, make a little video about it on my YouTube page. So the next thing that I really wanted to talk about, which is probably 
for some the most interesting topic out of all of this is the whole wave of people acknowledging the existence of narcissists. Now, we all know that narcissists exist. It's a common term used to describe individuals who are egocentric and on what some might call high levels of self-love and admiration. But the reality is these are people that don't actually love themselves or really anybody else. Uh, According to most groups of recovering narcissist victims and many therapists as well. And I am prefacing anything that I say by um, just the consideration that as many would argue, you cannot diagnose someone as a narcissist. They have to go to uh, an actual trained individual to receive the title of having narcissistic personality disorder. But I'm not even really going to go down there, but I just wanted to talk about um, something that has really been bothering me the last few weeks. So if any of you have been keeping up with Married at First Sight, I actually have not been watching Married at First Sight. I haven't been watching any TV for the past three months. But um, this made my desire to watch something grow even further. So I discovered YouTube clips and I never used to be on YouTube. And now I'm just on YouTube watching little clips Um, at the end of the day just to keep abreast of what's going on in the world because um, I mean I guess when I was just watching television I wasn't really keeping up but um, this helps me keep up with common conversations and pop culture right now and so the conversations a lot of people have been having especially in the black community are of married at first sight with Chris and Paige. And so if you're unfamiliar, Married at First Sight is a show where, as the title implies, individuals are paired up through the help of a um, a sexologist, a psychologist, um, a sociologist, and a priest. And they essentially do a background check, or they're supposed to, and they... Um, and they pair you up with the person that you're, in quotes, um, the most scientifically compatible with. And in this uh, season, I think it's season 12, mm-hmm. um, for residents, Chris and Paige, uh, a black woman, a dark-skinned black woman, and a dark-skinned black man. And they have been the focal point of all the episodes because he, within a short span of a week and a half has been treating her horrifically. He's been gaslighting her on on national television and diminishing her and utilizing her for sex and telling her that she's not desirable 
for her until very recently to continue to defend him and to try and attribute the situation to um you know to her godly nature of of needing to be by his his side as his now wife and wanting to to justify and make sense of this situation so why am i bringing this up why is it bothering me so much these are strangers um well if you watch any clip you will often see a similar reaction to what I, I had, which is a lot of women are are triggered. They're they're triggered. There's there's literally an effect of watching someone mentally abuse, psychologically torment somebody, and it it, it provides. A very uneasy sensation and a reaction where you are trying to understand how is this able to happen? How are none of the producers protecting her? How is he allowed to continue to stay after seeing this behavior? You know, and it's this uh, this feeling of watching a black woman already on national television be told that she is not um, attractive and for her to essentially be humiliated by this individual who isn't mature and doesn't know how to handle um, conflict, but has chosen to go on national television to get married to a stranger. Now, the context of what has been happening recently is that he found out that an ex was pregnant and was deciding whether or not to stay with his new wife again wife in quotations they're legit they're legally married but they just met and so having to decide whether or not to to stay with her or leave but really just toying with her just toying with her and um and yeah let me and so i'm gonna get to the point I get so mad thinking about this shit. I swear to God, okay. Um, why am I so pissed off? Okay, why am I pissed off? I'm pissed off for a multitude of reasons. Um, and so there's obviously the the Chris angle, the actual person that is inflicting the abuse and the mental manipulation and the and playing games and who's too childish to confront normal situations and who blames his wife and um and all of that and that's the obvious point of frustration the actual instigator the actual individual that is inflicting pain of course that is going to be the thing that infuriates me 
because I really hate watching people being manipulated. I really hate watching people taking advantage of. And when I think about this, you know, like this whole page, The Only Black Girl on Mars, was inspired by negative experiences that I've um, had in the workplace. And when I think back to it, I have had bosses like this. If you follow my Instagram, there is one day where I posted, um, and my Twitter, I posted about um, how my boss once took me to a bar and sat me down to tell me, hey, I know that you're new here and you're probably used to being the golden child in all of the other places that you worked and in school, but you have a lot to learn. I, I, I don't know. She was, she was saying a lot of stuff. I still had my backpack on. <laughs> I didn't know why my new boss was bringing me to a hole in the wall bar to spout some nonsense to me, but I didn't have a backbone. I wanted to please her because this wasn't the same person who interviewed me. This wasn't the same individual who was so nice to me during the three, four interviews that I had and was really looking forward to working with me. And every time I talked to somebody and tried to gauge what, what did I do, what happened, and they were like, maybe she's threatened. And I said, threatened of what? I'm here to learn from her. I never understood that. And so I never understood why she would um, want to come for me so early on. And it just created this level of mistrust between us from the get-go. At the time, I didn't know much about narcissism. I'm not gonna lie. I ne I ne it never crossed my mind that this woman is a narcissist. And all I could think about was like, this is another woman of color. She was, she was light-skinned, but it doesn't matter. She was another woman of color. I thought that it would be great to have a boss who's gonna support me and uplift me, but no, instead she would, she would take me to rooms um, and stand over me uh, until my anxiety was so high that I would be left in tears. And I had a few other people who used to work for her. Um, you know, I, I reached out, I didn't, disclose anything but I just wanted to know what was their experience and eventually they broke down and told told me very similar things that happened to them oh this person she made me cry she'd always do it when no one could see or she'd tell me how much of a horrible employee I am just on and on and on and just you know, wildly inappropriate behavior. But that's just an example of these are people that we see on and off everywhere. But 
How we react to them really depends on our level of knowledge of the particular individual, the circumstance, the context, what are the social expectations, what are the, um, what is there a fear of retaliation? All of these things cross our minds in a heartbeat and we make a decision about whether or not to stay, whether or not to, uh, to essentially stand our ground and fight against them or to go along with what they're saying. Now I've learned that neither option is the best. It's better to be truly, fully indifferent. But when you don't know any of those options, when you react in the way of defending your dignity and honor or just succumbing to their whims, you are ultimately trapped regardless because the manipulator knows your mind. They know the type of person you are. And so bringing this back to Paige and Chris. Now, like I said, Chris is the obvious person for anyone to be angry at. But let's consider the audience. These, this is the reason why I've been pissed. Are the people making their reaction videos on YouTube, the people reacting about Paige and Chris as though Paige is a villain? Now, if I went back to talk to my 28-year-old self, who had this manager who decided that before I even started my job that she needed to knock me down a peg or two. If I want to go and talk to her, I would have been able to sit her down and say, this person that is doing this to you is severely insecure. And the best thing that you can do is to have a sense of self and to act, not take it personally and go about your day. So much easier said than done, but that is what I would have told my younger self. I think Paige is around the same age, 27. I didn't know who I was at 27. Maybe some people figure out their stuff they find success, they find their purpose very early on. But 27 and you live in a city and you're figuring out all of your options and she's clearly going on a show to learn something about herself and everyone is coming after her because she hasn't told Chris to kick his ass to the curb. Why is the impetus on her to manage this man when she is internalizing abuse? 
everyone makes the point that it's only been a few weeks exactly i don't know how many of you have had one difficult thing happen to you in a week and it took you multiple days to correct your mind imagine every day being with someone who is using your body and then maybe saying something nice to you and then putting you down and then saying something nice again and then telling you that oh i don't know if i'm very invested in this and then the next day saying that we have to try because of god it's a head spin it's a head spin and you the audience are getting only 45 minute cut not even a full hour with all of the couples not just these two couples so can you imagine the amount of communication and input that is going into this woman's mind throughout the 24 hours of the day. It's incomprehensible unless you've actually been in an abusive relationship, which many of us have, but it's very hard to describe to people who have not experienced it. It's very hard to actually enact empathy for this situation when you don't know how confounding it is how soul wrenching and bending of the mind it is with Paige she seemed self-assured but then every time Chris did something foolish she would you know, he would say one thing to her or smile at her and she would smile back very hopefully and lovingly. But I honestly do not blame her. I do not think it's her fault. Now, in my own experience, I recently came out of a mentally abusive relationship where I would suspect that he is a narcissist and he's called himself a narcissist as well. So... Um, for those who have the clinical rule, I would hope for that pass where he has himself um, proclaimed to be, an, uh, what does he call himself, a recovering narcissist. Um, and basically implying that being with me would be able to keep him in check, but that's not how it works. And I think I'm a very astute person who's healing with a lot of things healing from a lot of things so sometimes your mind gets foggy when you're dealing with all this stuff all the trauma that's gone on and so yes the, the sympathy I have with Paige is personal it's personal in that regard because I can say that I have firsthand experience of knowing that clarity that you are dealing with something that is not okay doesn't happen right off the bat it doesn't even happen when often when they say something horrendous to you because your mind is trying to justify that you made a choice to be with this person this can't be what they are and it's kind of jumping through hoops and loops 
And if you are at a stage in your life where it seems like Paige was for much of the show, where you don't always have boundaries set, and that was me for a long time, and I've been building mine up, you need them to have a business, and you need them to just honestly serve your purpose in life. You need to know what your yeses and noes are, and that's what I'm doing in coaching and therapy. But when you're young and you're figuring that stuff out, and someone like this comes within the midst of you trying to determine these things, and they don't have a good sense of self, and they have multiple personas, and they're manipulative, it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up until the day that you receive clarity. And that is often when they leave. Or, yes, yeah, when they leave. Or you leave them. More often than than not, they leave. And it seems as though when he left, you know, the bells finally started ringing off in her head. But but before that, everyone just seemed to have too much of a strong opinion saying that Paige is actually the villain. Paige needs to have more self-respect. Paige needs to understand who she is. Like, fuck, Paige is doing that. Paige is figuring that out. Paige is taking it day by day. And you are not on national television having to deal with cameras and a narcissist in your bed at the same time. How exhausting. How exhausting. And even in interviews, you see her having to play the persona of a calm woman because she's out there representing dark-skinned black women on TV as well. She's not trying to start drama with this man on TV because that's how she will ultimately be remembered. So no matter what she does, if she is not sticking up for herself, we're coming for her. If she were to stick up for herself and put on a show, then she would be uh, labeled as an angry black woman with no class. There's real, there were really very few options for her, especially in a scenario where she didn't in the beginning know how to navigate this person's persona, which was very different from what was described to her. I say all this basically saying I'm extremely proud of this woman. I am just so impressed with the way that she was able to, you know, push through a situation and eventually maintain her dignity by telling him what she really thought of the situation in a calm manner and hopefully being able to move forward. Now, those of you who are familiar with narcissistic personalities, uh, unfortunately, Usually that's not the end of their 
you know, that they don't just find a target and then go away. There's going to be some type of retaliation. And my only hope for her and for anyone else dealing with this is through therapy support. And hopefully she knows that she has thousands, maybe millions of supporters around the world who have watched her and who are defending her in hopes that he doesn't come around to, um, you know, to harass her or do anything like that. Now, in a recent experience, this has really, really become much more important for me when I thought that I was dealing with the type I thought I was special, basically. I thought I was dealing with a type of narcissist who would who ran away and I wouldn't and wouldn't mess with me anymore, you know, wouldn't deal with me. I thought to myself, oh, maybe he's a different type of narcissist because he hasn't really been causing me any drama. And until he had his teenage daughter email me, he wrote an email through her basically having her tell me how disappointing I was and uh, just other types of nonsense to try and get me to communicate with them because they hate not getting attention. So it's that's a whole different conversation, but I am, I'm thinking about um, finding someone who, there's a lot of pages on YouTube with, narcissist survivors and abuse survivors who are sharing their messages and sharing their opinions and thoughts with huge communities of survivors and I would love to interview one of them so that um, I can hear their perspective and they can share why it's so important to build community after abuse. Um, I feel it myself. I, I feel like there's something that not many people, uh, I think a lot of people secretly understand, but not every one of my friends would understand. And, um, and it's, there's something healing about having a conversation with someone who has a story that's parallel to yours. And it, and even in those moments, you forget that you are still feeling a little bit crazy that they're, they're making you feel a little bit insane, even from the last thing that they did to you. And that's a sign that there's more healing to be done. So if any of you are going through that, um, feel free to shoot me a message. It's not something you should have to go through alone. Um, and I can definitely refer, refer you to some resources. And on that note, just before I close, I just want to remind you again that any support that you are willing to provide to my podcast will help us get back on the ground. Um, it will help support the video editing, the, um, the interviews, and the content creation that I have in store. I am going to be starting a series called What About? 
Um, so I'll be interviewing people from different walks of life um, who are discussing several topics important to them. So my first interviewee, uh, we talked about ageism. So what about ageism? And I'm going to be interviewing a wonderful woman that I befriended in LA who is who decided to quit computer science and do music full time and I'm just really excited about it. So the format will be thus, you know, I'm still going to strictly have this podcast platform to interview women of color and black women and that will simultaneously live on my YouTube page and all of my other series will live on my YouTube page. So I'm really excited. And like I said, we just really value your support. I'm talking in the third person. Sorry about that. I'm not Elmo, but um, we just really, 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 really support. We really value your support um, and everything that you do for us. And the fact that you are listening right now means the world. The last thing that I wanted to close on was just this um, idea of friendship and how it changes as we get older. I moved quite a bit as a child. I was born in Maryland, but my family lived in Sweden. We lived in California, a short while in Ghana, Connecticut, um, and New York. Essentially, I didn't really know how people formed strong friendships. I was a bit delusional of the fact that because I was quite gregarious, I assumed that I was close friends with everybody. I assumed that I had a strong bond with everyone when that's not really how it works um, for everyone because most of these other children were living in the same town since they were born. And I never could conceptualize that because we traveled so much. So everyone that was different from me, I found to be interesting. And every time I found something in common with someone who seemed so different from me was like finding a diamond in the ground or a four leaf clover. I just loved learning about people and I still do it's the same thing I'm having to be a little bit more discerning about it but now that I'm in my 30s and I I don't know if I feel like oh you turn you're 29 one day and the next day you turn 30 and all of this wisdom crystallizes in your mind and falls into your brain I I don't believe that's the case at all But I definitely do think that there's something symbolically you allow your mind to reset. You allow yourself to consider that life is only continuing faster every day. And I really need to understand how I'm spending my time mindfully. And I would say 
as someone who, like I said, <laughs> I didn't understand that I wasn't close friends with everyone. Even when I lived in New York for the last, you know, I lived in New York for almost five years. I called everyone my best friend. Everyone was the best friend to me and used to drive my twin sister nuts. It drove her mad. She wouldn't even let me call her my best friend because I just cared about everyone. I didn't have a discerning hierarchy of who was important to me and who came first, which th there are pros and cons there, right? I'm not saying that that's a bad thing but I think it just proved to me that I have been living my life very much in the middle of the road, make everyone happy, do everything for everyone, if asked. Now that I, I live in a small town during COVID and I'm back to being neighbors with one of my oldest friends, I'm learning so many new things about myself. I'm learning new things about him as well. And it's really interesting because like I said, I kind of jump in head first thinking that, um, you know, I'm just close friends with everyone. So that's how it is. But he and I have so many specific rules of how we navigate life and what we find to be appropriate. And, um, and even just like, I remember I was, someone was supposed to pick me up from the airport and they went to the wrong airport. And my friend lives very close by, but you know, he's, he's married, he has a dog and I like, they're living their lives. I don't want to abuse the fact that they are always there for me. So I found my way home, you know, through a lift. And I remember he was like, oh my God, the next time that happens and you don't tell me, I'm gonna be mad, I'm gonna be annoyed. <laughs> and I didn't understand that it made me realize like he and I have known each other for over 20 years, but we still, are very delicate with how much we ask of the other because we care so much about the relationship. And it's, as we are older, it's like a, a, it's like a system where we, you take tiny steps because you realize that I still have to relearn what the older version of David has as his boundaries, what he likes. Have the things that he liked when we were kids, did, do they change? And, I, and you, we just do it unconsciously, but I find it to be so fulfilling and so fun. And similarly, I've become very close with his wife or I'm becoming closer and I it's been such a delight for me um it's been such a delight for us to really get to know one another just as we are at this age as we deal with similar 
social constructs and pressures in a similar working industry and and just to try and empathize with one another is such a beautiful thing this last year and these last three months have come with so many hardships but in the midst of it all I've had a cornerstone of individuals who have never faltered in supporting me, in trusting that as I try and dig myself out of quicksand, that I'll find my way up for air. And it's something that I am eternally, eternally, eternally grateful for. I have no idea what the next year or the next few years are going to look like for us, but um, if this is any indication, I, I'm just really excited. Like these are the types of friends that I'm, I'm like excited to be in pictures when we have white hair and we miss when we only had like one wrinkle <laughs> oh. <sighs> I just want to say again I'm so grateful for anyone who's supporting me through this anyone who knows my personal journey and who knows how steadfast I am in trying to find the best way to make a positive change in the world. I was telling my friends the other day, I have never wanted to become famous, but I do want to make an influence, an impact in some way or another. Now these plans take time, these steps take time. All we can really do is trust in ourselves, listen to our bodies, really honor, really honor what you feel, even if you don't know the words for it, even if you're not sure if it's gonna lead to a decision just know that how you feel matters and that your body is never trying to lead you astray. So hug your friends and your pets. Thank you again. I'll talk to you next time. Keep striving for more. Support us on patreon.com slash blackgirlonmars underscore to get your passport to Mars. In a couple weeks, I'm going to be featured on the podcast Dope and Damage, hosted by Ness Rain. See you there.